0: I was ready to die because I was 14, and I had just gotten assaulted by my uncle. And then two months later, I found out I was pregnant. And my, uh, my grandmother at the time, um, it was a process. But to, to fast forward through the process, I ended up in the hospital. I was having um, a miscarriage. And they rushed me to the hospital, and the doctor said, I lost too much blood. They said, she's having a miscarriage. She lost too much blood. She needs a blood transfusion or she's going to die. And um, I, I, I did not get a blood transfusion. Um, they, the court stepped in, and they managed to order platelets. Um, and and um, it it saved my life, but I think a, I know a part of me died inside on the table. Um, up to maybe a decade ago, I, I feel like I started living again. But a part of me died because, for the life of me, I couldn't understand how something that is here to save my life, I couldn't get because. God deemed it necessary to avoid blood products. These kind of relationships make disturbed and we don't take the time to know what it is to sing to know how to,
1: to singing doesn't make it happen, maybe the hardest part of this or anything for me in my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: is where do I start? yeah when I'm writing,
2: yeah,
1: I'll keep going over and over and over and over and over again because I can't get past like that one part because it just doesn't feel right right. And then I'll do a bunch of stuff over and over again and then I'm like, oh okay and then and then everything subsequent to that just seems to flow for the right. most part
0: right right
1: Similar to this podcast. yeah I was
0: gonna say
1: thinking about how do I start?
0: They always say starting is the hardest part, and then it's finishing. So you can get started, but then you just keep going. Like, how do? Where do I finish? How do? How do I put a bow on it? You know, that's that's kind of my thing. How do I finish it? Cause I can start it, but how do I
1: finish it? That's so I wanted to start by thanking you for being here.
0: Okay.
1: And, and like um. Like here, just in general, I. First time we met. Yes. Um, but when I started doing my research and learning about you, you have a you have a beautiful way, a beautiful story, and you're doing a lot of amazing things and I think helping people. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you for being here, like on tune the Fort, Okay. Here in terms of your journey here okay. and here existing planet. planet earth <laughs>
0: yeah like yeah. three
1: years yes. like it's like three years yes because you are here
0: I'm here Thank and, you. in
1: a multitude of ways
0: okay I'm trying I'm trying I like I like to say I'm trying I'm, is that
1: a, is that a safe way of like trying to play it down
0: possibly possibly I haven't really connected with with the here of journey <laughs>
2: Okay.
0: I, yeah, connected with the here, like, okay, I'm on this earth, yeah, yeah, phys- I'm, I'm physically here, but, like, I don't really know the impact I have on other people, and it's kind of like that's, that's my goal to positively impact others, you know, while still inspiring myself, um, yeah.
1: And the woman that you guys are listening to, and I, and I had to write all of this stuff down because I think <laughs> she has more titles than anybody I've, I've ever had come on the joint before. She is a poet, Mm -hmm. an author, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: a mother, a daughter, a sister, 24-year Army veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Founder of Have a Voice. Yes. Life writer, which is something you said you wanted (laughs) to add to your joint. How did
2: you know that? And
1: model. There you oh, go. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, that's. I
2: used to be a model.
0: I yeah, used, used to be. Used I threw be.
1: I, I throw it in there just to I make do. you smile. There you go. Get this. There you go.
0: Okay, okay James
1: got Miko that. Reed.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to snaps and snaps, clap, snaps. Yes. Hey, thank you for having me. Like, this is dope. The whole setup, everything is amazing, and I'm. Finally here. I didn't reschedule ever again. No, so yeah. no,
1: no. It's fine. I'm glad that it happened the way that it did. Like, the universe is working. It's moving. It's always doing what it's supposed to do to get us to where we're supposed to go. Yeah. And you're here today for a specific reason.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. Um, I'm used to being told what the reason is because of my army life. What's like, <laughs> the reason? So it's, it's a little, like a wobbly, like a baby standing to, you know, figure it out on my own. But yeah, I am. And it's a reason. How
1: would you describe through texture? Because mm. you said that you ask your students, I think, to I describe do, yes. how they feel with texture. Yes. If you could describe where you are now in your life mm. with texture, how would you describe?
0: Mmm, damn it. That is great. That's an amazing question. And I'm probably gonna steal it. Oh, it is mine. Okay, got it. I, <laughs> um, I think I would say, honestly, if I could be a multi level um, texture, I would be cotton candy sitting on top of, of leather, Hmm. because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm soft, right? I know my energy is, is, I'm going to assume I know my energy is, is a soft energy. And it's true. I'm altruistic. I'm giving, I love my life, um, as it stands. And so that's the cotton candy part, but the leather part is the part that um, I stand on now to, to, to make sure that my softness is still there. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, I, I I know that it's important to be um, to be giving and, and fluid and everything, but there has to be a foundation. And I think the leather is my personal new foundation um, to to do two things, to set boundaries but to also stand firm um, in everything that I'm doing. Okay. Yeah.
1: I like that. Yeah. I um, thank you for asking, because I think I'm going to also offer what my texture is.
0: Yes. (laughs) What is yours? Um.
1: Eggshell
2: Mm. because
1: it's kind of rough and it's smooth Mm. and i think it depends on what your objective is when you're holding the egg are you are you because if you can just if you rub it lightly yeah i think you can feel the texture a little bit more Mm -hmm. than if you do it um, rub it like. A little bit more um, quickly yeah and it feels a little bit smoother yeah so I would say because I'm I feel like there are these two competing ideals about who I am and who I want to be okay that um, depending on the day and depending on how you rub me, that's what you're yeah. gonna get So
0: hmm okay and it's funny you say that because a lot of people don't really they always assume my XL is so smooth. But it really isn't. It has some small little crevices. Yeah. When you run it, when you when you rub it slowly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You' done been through some shit, like yeah. you know. It's like, <laughs> like, like.
0: Yeah. What happened to the edge? You
1: go through <laughs> shit sometimes. So.
2: Um,
0: you know what's funny? Um, um, when I started, actually, you, you you mentioned poet. When I started writing those books, eggshells were so heavy in, in the placement of. The titles of everything. Mm. I, I knew eggshell had to be in it because I knew that I wanted, um, I wanted people to to, because you know you get that concept of like an egg, and the eggshells like it's been cracked, right? So it's like, well, you're walking on them. What happens next? And I think I think that's my um, that's my thought about uh, like what 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 does an eggshell do to you? Like to say. You 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 feel like an eggshell. Like, what does that make you feel like inside? You know, it's the outward texture, but what does it feel like? Because inside of an egg is soft and gooey. It is. You know.
1: But but another thing too about it, and it's so, if you tap an egg, mm. you can crack it.
0: Yeah. But if you put an egg in your hand and
1: squeeze, you can't
0: break it. Right. Mm.
1: And I have no idea why I thought of it. I mean, obviously eggshells on my brain because your book is Excel right, right. And, and, uh, eggshell oh, and salt hand. black yeah, hand. Yeah, So, yeah, yeah. But it, it's so relevant for the discussion, yeah. I feel. And yeah. I think it, um, I want to get to the book yeah, yeah. a little bit later. Yeah, but insane. I do want to start with, Words are your thing.
0: Yes, yes. I'm a, I'm a lover of words. I'm a, uh, I was about to say a, a, a logophile. Is
2: that a lover of
1: words? Is that what that is? Is
2: that
0: a logophile or a bibliophile? Lover of books, but yeah. We're gonna record, we're gonna say it's logophile. Someone's gonna correct this later if okay. I'm wrong, okay.
1: What yes. is it about words that you love?
0: <sighs> mm, um, I like the idea of being able to tell people how you feel because how you look is not always in tandem with how you feel, right? You can look like a million bucks. You can look just, you're just so happy. You're you're so kind, you're so this. But then when you open your mouth and you say, hey, actually, I'm not that happy. Actually, this is how I feel. I look this way because this is what I want people to think of me, but because I either I have a connection with you or I love you or you know whoever the person you're talking to, I want to use my words and tell you how I feel. I use that with, like with my kids, you know like mm-hmm. you look happy, you know but you're you're telling me you're sad. you know to me, I feel like that's how you can catch this is, I don't want to go dark but like for instance, um, like for instance Robin Williams or you know, or um, uh, Twitch or somebody like that, they look so happy. Yeah. But the, And they were speaking words of happiness, right? But they were really sad. Yeah. For lack of a better adjective. So it's like, no, use your words for how you really mean on the inside. I don't give a fuck how you portray yourself. Tell me how you feel. Connect me to that so I can help you or we can vibe and rock out together. So that's why I love words, because of that. Um, one reason why.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I wanted to read something.
0: Yes. Okay. I love to listen.
1: Well, these are your words. Oh, shit. You probably love listening to your words. No, I'm scared. <laughs>
0: no, actually, I don't. I cringe at my own words. I'm not going to lie.
1: I want to go back to the beginning. Okay. Life.
2: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: Life, it comes and goes. People die, families cry, praises are given, births are performed, crimes are committed, but life goes on. Day after day, nonstop, time doesn't stand still.
0: Mm.
1: Now I wouldn't have I'm not reciting it the way you do.
0: No, I'm just but
1: but I'm using this as a symbol for where your love of words started, at least from what I gathered based on your story. Yep. You were 14 years old when you wrote that. That was yeah. the first poem you ever wrote. Yeah. Tell me what was going on in your life when you wrote that.
0: Um, it's so funny. Like I can feel my heart beating through my red shirt. I can feel it beating. Um, 14 years old. I... I literally just come from a um, a near death experience. Near near death. Um, <clears throat> I didn't write that in I didn't write that in um, any of my interviews. Just the poem accompanied with you know the words of, around um, trigger warning if people are listening to an assault. Um, But, (laughs) but um, I, um, I was assaulted by my uncle at 14, and I was, um, I I ended up pregnant by him. And I know, you didn't know that. (laughs) Um, And so, and we were raised Jehovah's Witnesses. And we did not believe in abortion. We didn't believe in um, blood transfusions, right? And so, I um, I was, shout to Biggie, ready to die. You know, I was ready to die because I'm a maniac, i got Shout out to Biggie. Shout out to Biggie, yeah. I was ready to die because I was 14. And I had just gotten assaulted by my uncle. And then two months later, I found out I was pregnant. And my uh, my grandmother, at the time, um, it was a process. But to to fast forward through the process, I ended up in the hospital. I was having um, a miscarriage. And they rushed me to the hospital and the doctor said I lost too much blood. She's having a miscarriage. She lost too much blood. She needs a blood transfusion, or she's going to die. And um, I, I, I did not get a blood transfusion. Um, they, the court stepped in, and they managed to order platelets. Um, and and um, it it saved my life, but I think a. I know a part of me died inside on the table. Um, Up to maybe a decade ago, I I feel like I started living again. But a part of me died because for the life of me, I couldn't understand how something that is here to save my life, I couldn't get because God deemed it necessary to avoid blood products. That's a whole other conversation Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, But the life, it comes, it goes. That that's the beginning line of that life. It comes, it goes, right? Um, I was pregnant with a life. People die, families cry. I felt like I was going to die. They would they would have cried, you know. Praises are given. She's alive. Births are performed. Not mine, you know what I mean? Cry- I think at the time my um, my my uncle had a baby, and not not the uncle that. Um, assaulted me, another uncle. Um, So it was like, praises are given, births are performed. Times, uh, life it comes and goes, people die, family cry. Um, Praises are given, births are performed. Um, What's the next line? Something Crimes are committed. Crimes are committed. Crimes are committed. The rape, the life goes on. Day after day, nonstop. Time does not stand still. I learned that so early. 14, that whole year. I actually ended up failing the ninth grade because of that. Um, praises are given, crimes are committed, but life goes on day after day. Non-stop, time doesn't stand still. So I knew at that moment I had to, like, shit, this is life. It doesn't matter if you got raped. It doesn't matter if you almost died. It doesn't matter if, you know, you, you had a miscarriage. None of that matters because Life goes on, you know, and I think that's the mentality that um is kind of fucked up to have at such a young age. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be privy to that, but that that's the mentality I had, and 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 that's the sustaining force of me now. But oh, thanks for that. Yeah, that 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 um that's what made me an advocate for women. That's what you know because I just feel like. Crimes are committed, but life goes on. Like, what happens? What happens? Crimes are committed every day. But life Life goes on. Day after day, nonstop. Time does not stand still.
1: How was, um... Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate that we... There's so many of us who... We've had horrific experiences like that as kids Mm -hmm. girls, boys and um, I appreciate you sharing and giving Mm -hmm. people an opportunity to connect with that part of your story because once we get through the rest of this shit they gonna be like Miko's rocking
0: (laughs) so you can
1: you can make it
0: yeah you can make it.
1: And 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 sometimes we see people making it but don't know how they made it. Yeah. And
2: yeah.
1: Highlighting, acknowledging and sharing that part gives people I feel hope that they can make it too. Yeah. So Absolutely. um what was your uh relationship like with your parents?
0: Um, my mom and I are amazing now, <laughs> um, she, she's amazing. And I, it's so funny, uh, my parents were, they were both drug addicts, right? Um, they were both drug addicts. Um, my dad died two years ago, last week, I believe it was two years ago. Oh. Um, yeah, and he, he had turned his life around he was in college getting his degree. I mean, like that—that's one of the biggest losses losses of my life to date, as well as my aunt. But my my parents didn't raise me. My grandmother raised me. My dad's mom. And so, I'm so grateful for her. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, old people or old times. You know, back in those days, they. They spare the rice, boil the us, but I don't think she ever spanked me. Um, I think I was a good, nah. I don't think she, (laughs) let me stop. But yeah, she, um, so I didn't have, I saw my my parents on the summer times, you know what I mean? And I saw my my dad in jail a lot, like I went to visit him a lot in jail. Um, He was, as my daughter would always say, he was never physically present, but always there. Mm. Like, he was the fucking best dad. From the cells, that's the crazy thing. Like that's crazy.
1: What does that look like?
0: That looks like calling often, writing all the time. Hey, you're not doing this in school. I'm here. That looks like you're involved in your kid's life, the way parents who are outside can't even be. Yeah. That's crazy. So I, I don't have any, I don't have any empathy for for moms or dads who aren't involved. And they're not behind bars. Like they are, they are not behind bars. Like my dad was behind bars, and he stayed involved in my life. It was crazy. Like I'm fearing this dude. They got a bedtime. Like what's happening here? You know what I'm saying? He would laugh at that too. But like yeah, yo, it's it's. He was
1: cool. My dad wasn't that present. He was he was he was extremely present. In the way a father, being. 4,000 miles away can be. So I would uh-huh. live with him on the weekends. I mean, okay. go, go visit on the um, summer the vacations. Summer? Okay. But I was terrified of that man. Really? Like if my mom would be like, I'll call your father, he'd be all the way in California and just get on the phone and I would get my shit together with the grades.
2: Really? It, and
1: he's he's not even there, but I felt like his presence, his presence was there.
0: Damn, you have a good relationship with your dad.
1: He passed away. I'm sorry, okay. yeah, he's gone. It, um beautiful transition too. I was there when he passed in the hospital, yeah,
0: I was there when my dad passed, yeah,
1: one tear. I was rubbing his head mm. told him that I loved him, and told him he could go, and yeah, he just shed one tear and just stopped breathing. It was so beautiful,
0: beautiful. I swear to God, I have never met anyone who said that in real life. I said this all the time I said. It was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. babe. I mean, that you can go. I'm rubbing your head. I'm holding his hand. His breathing.
1: Yep. And, uh, yep. Oh my god. It was a bless. I was so god. thankful that I could be there. And now, don't ask me how I know, uh-huh. but he comes back in butterflies.
0: Ooh. Ooh. I believe my dad comes back in red birds. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like they just, he just fly. And it's a rarity. I don't see red birds often, but it's always when I'm thinking of something, um, you know, or, or if I'm in distraught or just like always in my thoughts, it's like a red bird would just fly and sit on the window. You seat. know that's your dad. I know. I'd be like, and it's so fun. I'd be like, yeah, I really do. I really don't speak this bad, but like, no, I'd be like to my girls, like, yo, I saw a red bird. And my friend's like, you know, where birds represent. I'm like, I know. It's like, it's my dad. You know. I just did tell okay. him.
1: What was your father's name? Ernest. Ernest. Mm-hmm. My dad was James. I'm James. a junior.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're a junior. Okay.
1: I love the poem. Oh, my dad? Daddy's Blues, oh, I think.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: I like that.
0: <sighs> he had a hard time with that poem. When I wrote it, he was still locked up. It was, I wrote it, it was, was like 20, 20, 20 years old or something. I wrote it and he was still locked up. He said, I hear you have this poem about me going on. I'm like, yeah, I do that. It's a good poem though. He's like, let me see it. Send it to me. I sent it to him. He, he said he never read it, he wanted me to read it to him. Oh. I said, why are you making me send it to you then? Like, dang. I just kept it folded. I wanted to see it. And I, and I said, if, it, if, it, if she sends it to me, it's not that bad. I said, yeah, you're right. You're right. So he, he waited until he got out. And, and I read it to him. Yeah. What did he think? He cried. He was a little. He, he was cotton candy. He was leather on the top, but cotton candy on the inside. When's his birthday? Um, April 14th. OK. Yeah, he's Aries. Yeah. April 14th. When's your dad's birthday?
1: November 6th, November eighteenth. I'm sorry.
0: November eighteenth. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. So,
1: so I'm glad he liked it, cause I liked it. Yeah. It was a, it was such a endearing, soft. It was like a daughter. Yeah. It was what it would. it, it is what a daughter would say. Is what I felt a daughter would say about her father. Bo- and I didn't know anything about it. You yeah. could just tell it was loving and respectful. It said what it needed yeah. to say and it got it got it across.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I Yeah.
1: Okay. I like the one about your mom's too.
0: Like let me tell you. My mom is I love her and if you've seen her like she's a lot because I I I think the dynamics with me is like I want to please her, but we're so we have this relationship like we're so cool. Like early you saw me like girl, you know, that's how we talk. Yeah. Um, but my mama's tattered Bible, she's like, Yeah, so when are you gonna write your poem about me? I'm like, Ma, I wrote the poem. That it's like, so I have to write another poem about her. But I'm glad you like it.
1: I liked it. Yeah. And I know you said that you didn't think it was one of your best when you were talking <laughs> no. to her. I thought it was it was um
0: It wasn't
2: in my tell
1: be. the story about that. Cause I do have questions. I think you stated um, you've written about pretty much everything but you yep. struggle to write something about, about mom. your mom
0: I, I don't know why like I've, I've been commissioned to write poems for, for like people's weddings funerals this weekend I'm writing a poem about breast cancer or doing it at the Tidal Basin like it's a lot but something I think I think I think most women that weren't raised by their mom but the mom was in the life in their life people were raised by their grandmother, I think there's that, it's still that little girl. It's like, I I feel like I'm a grown child around her. Not in the fact that she's judgmental, not in the fact of any of that, but just like, I don't know if I can capture her. Mm. I don't know if if I have the right to capture her that way. Like my other siblings, they grew up with her, and I feel like, what's mommy's favorite color? What's you know what I mean? Isn't um, it? It's 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 simple, it's simple lines that I struggle with, and so I just drop my pen. You're the oldest. <laughs> I am the oldest. Yeah, out of six. Okay. So I was like, I feel like I should know, I should know these things, but I don't, and that fucks with me sometimes because I'm like, I mean, I know her favorite color is blue, but I'm just like. I don't know what were you, what were you guys doing during, you know, the Rodney King? You know what what was going on? Like I don't know. I my mom, I wasn't with my mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I that's probably a bad example, but you know, just just little things throughout anything, life. yeah, anything. And 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 um. Did,
1: did you did you ever feel like you missed out?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did. I did. I blamed her up until I was like, um, in my twenties. <laughs> we had this conversation all the time. Good. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's just a very open and honest. Like I, I blamed her. I blamed her, um, and I and I was like I wouldn't call her, her, her name. I wouldn't call her Candy. That's her nickname. And I wouldn't call her mom or mom or anything. I would be like, hey, Candy. <laughs> I would say nothing. I was oh, Like hey. Oh, hey. Like hey. Oh. So one day she's like, look. You got to figure this out. What are you calling me? Ma, I guess. And so I've called Ma ever since. So, yeah.
1: I struggled Crazy. calling my dad, dad. Really? And I always called him Pop. Pop.
0: I like Pop, though. Yeah. and I, it, cool. I
1: remember having a distinct, uh, that was a distinct decision that I made at the time. I remember processing it. Like, I, I'd never felt like I, I don't want to say it like that
0: like what age did you start calling him pop
1: when I became like older like I, so I moved here when I was 19 from okay. Kansas City okay. and I lived with my, my dad lived in Alexandria okay in the hole. you familiar with the like a right off Mount Vernon Avenue no. um right across the bridge but okay. um I was like nah he ain't nah, a dad. Daddy. Cause he wasn't there. He was pop. And I would just started calling him pop. And then pop just became what I always called him. And then, and now it just feels weird to say dad. Cause
2: yeah.
1: you know, but, but I, but I remember not saying dad because I didn't feel like he was a dad.
0: Have you, had you ever called him dad?
1: I'm sure I did when I was younger. Yeah. I'm sure I did when I was younger. I don't remember though. I don't, I don't, I don't remember, like, even in the, even with the, con- even the point in the conversation that I'm having when I was calling him Pop, um, like, so if I'm talking to someone else, but like, hey, you see my, you want to see my dad, right, you right, want to see right. my father, but like, I'm right. not saying you want to see my Pop, right, right, but when right, I'm, I'm calling now. him, like, hey, Pop, or hey, yeah. Dad, I never, that I can remember saying, hey, Dad, how you yeah. doing? Yeah. It just didn't feel like it. I, I had so much resentment towards him.
0: For moving so far away?
1: For not being as present. And we had like, Mm. we had like deep conversations because I remember asking him one time, why weren't you there?
0: Mm.
1: And he was like, man, I was wild. (laughs)
0: That was his answer, I
1: was wild? No, no, that's just, I'm I'm (laughs) paraphrasing. Right, basically. Yeah, and he was like, I probably would have done more damage if I was there. Um, And I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Because I think sometimes... All kids want is their parents. Them motherfuckers could be doing whatever. Cracking up. Crack rocking up, yeah. like cooking up. They could be doing whatever. Yeah. If you there.
0: Yeah.
1: Otherwise, the 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 question mark is bigger, louder, yeah. brighter than the real thing. Yeah. I get to create my own story. Yeah. And in most cases, when you're a kid, the story that you're creating is, I'm not enough.
0: Exactly. I was going to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not cases. worthy. Oh, well, don't, don't be with another person that has a child. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're, you're definitely realizing that you feel like you're ex out of this life. And the person doesn't care about you. In the case of dads, it's so funny. I had... Oh, mm. that, that story makes me... This story makes me... Makes me so sad, but happy that it happened. Throughout the remainder of my dad's um, life, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. Um, and Father's Day, 2021, he lived three months after. Wow. He was like, It's like he was literally hiking and riding bikes with my son. That was his man and his, all his friends. And then some weeks later, and he got the diagnosis, and then he was in the hospital. In and out, in and out. And and, you know, it's a process. But there was this unsaid, um, there was this unsaid uh, action between my dad and I, that he thought that I was the reason that he spent the last 10 years in jail.
1: He thought it was you?
0: Yeah. What is that, where? Yeah. So it's like you know, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. My grandmother raised me to be honest and truthful, and just respect authority and everything. So there's this one time, this um, this lady came to my apartment. I was living on U Street, and she's like, "I wanted to talk to you about your father. You can help him." And I said, "How can I help him?" He was out of jail at the time. He was in jail. He was going up for parole or something. Am I really talking about this? But he. Um, so was the. It was a lady on the the prosecutor side. I thought she was a defendant for my dad. I thought she was the one defending my dad. Yeah. she was on the opposite side of the team. She came to visit me, and then she asked me if some he robbed some he robbed um, a house or something something, you know nothing. I mean that's bad. You know what I mean? No, I got it was you. Bad, but you know huh? he he was an addict. At that time. So, you know, he, he was trying to get money to buy drugs. So he robbed the house, but it was a person in the house. He didn't know it was a person in the house. And that, that person who was the victim of an, in the case was an old white lady. She was scared and everything. And so they asked me, Would you have been scared if a person came to your house? I said, Absolutely. Absolutely, I would be scared. You know, I said, But when it's drugs, that's that line in my daddy's blues drug rehabilitation. It's not synonymous with incarceration. Yeah. So I'll, that when I said, hey, but, you know, criminals should pay for, their, for the acts that they commit, but if they're committing those acts because they have an underlying addiction, there should be um, a different type of incarceration. It should be a rehabilitation. Anyway, the lady took what I said, asked me if I could write down what I said, and, you know, gullible, dumb, 20, 21, I don't know how old it was. And they read the le- they read some of my words at his hearing, but they didn't read all of it. They they didn't read the part that said um, he should be rehabilitated. If it's they a read, part of drugs, yeah, or addiction, yeah, they read the whole criminals should pay for their. And um, I didn't know that they had read that, you know, because I I wasn't there for the reading. I didn't know. So he held on to this his entire life, into his deathbed. Wow. And we had the conversation on his deathbed. Yeah. And uh, and it was so many tears, and he could barely talk because the cancer had gotten to his lungs. And he was like, and he was like, uh, I know, I know, it wasn't you. I know. And I just bust up so crying. <laughs> And um, I just bust out crying and my cousin was like, you a little punk, and I was like, she was sitting there with me, she was like, she's, she, you know, my cousin's star, she, she told me, you know, you need to go talk to your dad. I was like, yeah, you know, during that time, it's everything, like, emotions are high, and I'm like, yeah. he doesn't need to hear this from me. And she's like, you need it, you're living. And when you live with what he thinks that, what he thinks about you when he dies, That is going to haunt you the rest of your life. I said, bitch, this is why you are a therapist. Yeah. And so I had the conversation, and it was so, so beautiful. He called me his messiah.
1: Messiah.
0: Yeah. He said, you are my messiah. You will be with me forever. I know that is not what you said. I know how you said it. I believe And yeah...
1: Is. Damn. So you have two kids. I do.
0: 18
1: and 10. Yep.
0: Maddie and Mason.
1: Yeah. The girl is 18. Yes. The boy is 10. Yes. Hold on. I want to make sure I get this out too. Yes. Mason, if you're watching this, sir. <laughs> where's, where's that at? Hold on. <laughs> Write that Mason's Mysterious Mysteries.
0: Oh, what do you know about that? Make sure you <laughs>
1: finish that book, brother. Anyway.
0: How do you know that? I
1: had to get that out there.
0: <laughs> You're the whisperer of me, okay.
1: How has it been being a mom? Um
0: it's, it's beautiful and tough. Beautiful and tough.
1: Um Cotton candy and leather?
0: Cotton candy and leather. Yep, absolutely. You want to give them everything you didn't have? You got to find a balance. I'm not spoiling the shit out of them. I don't know if I found that balance, but yeah, I love it.
1: One of the things I heard you say that really resonated uh, in one of your interviews, I can't remember the name of it. Forgive me. was wrapping our pain in the love we extend our to our kids.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I was like I asked you about words. I one of my one of my um, previous episodes was titled Wielding Words as Shields or Swords. Mm. And it's really um, it, it was it was it was my attempt to express that a word can be used for anything, yeah. and you really just have to kind of connect with the into your intuition with other things outside of just what the words are
2: yeah. to
1: understand like what's being you know communicated. And one of the things that I appreciated about the interview with the with the person with the woman uh-huh. was that you were acknowledging that there was a disconnect
2: yeah, yeah.
1: that you were having yeah. with your child yeah. your daughter I believe it was mm-hmm. and I was wondering, um, What do you do when you feel words fall short?
0: Mm. Let me ask, words falling short in general or in connecting with?
1: In connecting with what someone else is trying to communicate.
0: I honestly don't ever think words can fall short. I think hmm. then we have to find better words. I I don't know if um, I'm such a lover of these things called words. I don't know. I think I would go to a thesaurus and say, what is another way to say, or what you know, or with we'll Google, or something. Um, so let me ask you a different question. Okay.
1: A two-year-old. Okay. Doesn't have words.
0: You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right.
1: So there's something there's there there's there's a dynamic at play where the two year old is communicating and you are interpreting. Yes. And then you you there's a need there and you're fulfilling a need based on yeah. a different form of communication okay. other than words. Okay.
0: Then I guess words do fall short sometimes. I'm sorry, words. But um I think <laughs> and I had to do an o to that. You got me writing. Um I, I I think physical touch, I think um, i think body language i think um, listening with with the intent to actually hear you know we hear that phrase all the time right but listening does not always involve words in this in this capacity it can be movement mm-hmm. you know it can it can it can be um, um, it can be your your how your body is 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 Feeling while you're still, so it can be a combination of movement, and you can just be still, and you're you're conveying everything. You know, you can I can be still and just be happy. Yeah. I can be still and be stoic. I mean, so so maybe words don't have a place all the time in communication, um, but once you meet whatever level you're trying to get, if it's, it's you know physical, if it's nonverbal, um, you're still going to talk about you know, that, that space that you were in, I think. I think it's still important to talk about that space. Um, it's funny you mentioned my daughter because we were just in New York for her. And I, we that whole trip, I mean, it was rainy. It was, I was like, I think I called her mean. I was like, you know, <laughs> she's been very mean to me this Mom, you've been very mean. And it's just like, you know, teenage daughters. And I think um, a part of me feel, feels like I should go back and apologize to her. I always feel that way. I Mm. always feel like the opposite of what my ancestors ancestors would say to me, like, don't apologize, you're the mom. I feel like you are the mom, you're teaching her, you should apologize. Because that's how they learn, right? That's how they learn. You apologize for when you've wronged them. Uh, And cut this part out, because I don't want her to see, no, I'm kidding, it's a joke. I, I um, I think that sometimes I can be too hard yeah. Because I, I, and not perfection, but I just want her to get it. You know, I want her to get it. Like you're 18, the life goes on. Okay, we all have something. Deal with it. And then and, and maybe maybe I should be more empathetic. You know.
1: I feel like that. How oh, does that feel? Is that how the adults responded to you in your situation?
0: Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: How did that make you feel?
0: Like they should apologize, like garbage, like worthless. Like why? Like it's why I wake my daughter up, like knocking on the door, hey, and not say, hey, you want McDonald's, but hey, listen, I'm really sorry that I was, you know, super rough or whatever the issue was. But yeah, they responded to me that way um, my whole life, you know, especially that incident with my uncle. It was hard to believe that he would, do that because he was the favorite of the family. Oh, so it was that you know, like, are you sure? You know, they were even going to honor him at like um, a um, a family reunion. He he passed in prison from the rape of another woman. So I'm I'm going all over the place with this, but to, to tie a bow back on it, um, he um yeah, he's dead, but I, I I like to acknowledge my wrong and actually intentionally speak to whoever I've wronged and say I'm sorry about it. Yeah. Because that you know that leaves you depleted because you feel worthless. Like dang I'm am always wrong? You know? No sometimes kid you're not wrong. Okay.
1: It's so interesting that you how do I I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it. One of the things I love I looked up.
0: You've done your research. Okay, go ahead. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I prepared. Juxtaposing is a word you use a lot. A lot. lot. Yes. Yeah. And, and I would look through, like, damn, that, she used it there. She used it there. She used yeah. it there. She used it there. And I'm like, oh, okay, what the fuck does this word mean, right? So I go and I look up the actual definition of the uh-huh. word. So, um, that going? The uh, thing I love most about poetry, juxtaposing, position is Latin for like near or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's a juxta is Latin for something and then position mm-hmm. is near. Um, but what I love about poetry is I feel it paints. Mm-hmm. A clearer picture. Mm-hmm. The thing I, the thing I, the thing I, I find most difficult about words in and of themselves is the um, the concrete nature with which mm. people like to attach to. And mm. that's the
0: yes.
1: swords or shields. Yes. If I'm say something to you in a heated conversation, You'd be like, oh, well, that's what you said. That's what you oh, said. I'm bring it back oh, up. Oh, you read it because that's what you said. Well, you said it. I'm
0: bringing it back up. Too. But yep. when
1: I say something, yep. I'll be like, you know what I meant. What right. I meant to say was, so give me a bit right. of, You know what right. I'm saying? So we pick and choose when we want to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The beauty about poetry is it's so abstract mm. that it paints a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. A clearer picture, at least for me, and how my brain processes, mm-hmm. than just saying it directly.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, and what I feel, a part of your, dopeness, mm-hmm. is, the thing that is not words. Really. And that is the picture, the visuals. Okay. The 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 movement, the act, okay. like the, it, it's it it adds to the words in a way that the words themselves just don't capture for me.
0: So you need both. I
1: don't, I don't, I don't need them. It completes the picture for you.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It completes the picture. Your smile Mm -hmm. as an example. (laughs) Okay. Is... Here's my picture. You know, when you, you know, when you're running, yeah, and you can be so far ahead somebody to where it looks like you're behind them, hmm and but you're actually ahead, and it's like, like there's this circular thing. Like
2: them, yeah.
1: Your smile is like love and pain in one.
0: I need to write that down.
1: I can see them both Mm. and depending on the words that you use when you are smiling and just being you and being silly Mm -hmm. it adds it makes sense Mm. and then I went and listened to one of the joints that you made Mm -hmm. and you said let me take a step back Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop there okay because that's It's beautiful to watch you do your thing and to just live and be full in that way mm. and express yourself because it adds to the words. And thank you. I think when we love something and value something, I think sometimes we can hold other people to the same standard
2: mm. when
1: they have a different way of sharing and have a different way of loving
0: mm.
1: and communicating. Quite frankly, mm. and go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I think. I think that's that's either the make or break of many, um, and not just, you know, personal relationships, not just like intimate relationships, relationships in general. How we interpret love. Is I feel like that's where that's where we're going with how we interpret love and in friendship and family in relationships, right? I, I feel like that that is that's the biggest um, break, that's the biggest breaker of things, and and I think that I, if if I had to say, I want my actions to match my words, you know. Because otherwise it's cognitive dissonance, right? But I, I want my actions to match my words, and um, and but I want to dial this back a bit. Juxtaposition, juxtaposing is the funniest thing that you mentioned. My sister says, "Girl, if I read one more poem, I was like, I know, I need another word, but no other word fits here because I love the connecting of two and like, you know, how do, how do, how does. A match with B when A and B don't go together. So how can I make them fit, you know? I would love another word, you know? Dichotomous is another one. Like, I need, I need new words, you know? But, um, uh, but
1: those two words, if a word can be used to paint a picture, yeah, you're painting pictures. You're conveying yeah. thoughts and feelings and images. Yeah. And, 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 and this is why I feel words are limited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Because love does not encapsulate how you feel about your kids.
0: But love is the beginning of how you feel about it.
1: it. But it doesn't embody the fullness. You have to feel
0: that. But embody does, right? What? Embody. The word embody. No.
1: So, what does embody mean? Exactly. You
0: <laughs> saw my face. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's a picture. Yeah, yeah.
1: Be, because it, it, it's um, they always. It's why poem poetry is so dope. It shows you just how you have dope. so much more freedom. It's like when I, it, I think in pictures, that's right. how, that's how my brain works. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's better for me to communicate to you. Like if I, um, if I said, saying I feel alone, right?
0: Mm.
1: Oh, I'm communicating.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: What does alone mean? It's subjective, right? Right. right. Or I could say. I feel like I have been locked in a room with no windows mm. with all one color mm. and I can't hear a sound. I can't even hear myself think that paints a completely different picture mm. than just saying alone. Yeah. So yeah. I have to add all of this other shit in order to add, you know, pieces mm. to it for it to make sense. Or an analogy I used the other day mm. once that I, like, um, uh, Why did you why did you leave me? Right. That's different than saying I felt like I was floating in a water in yeah. an ocean with nothing around me. Yeah. Like that paints a different because because just saying alone
0: you can you can it can be anything. It can be anything. Know? It can be anything. I love You know the fact are you a poet? Are you a poet? So, I think you are a poet and I don't know.
1: I used to Slight tangent. Okay. I used to write poetry.
0: I could tell. Mm -hmm.
1: But the only thing I could write about was pain. It was the first thing that always popped up. And I went to go to a poetry place Mm -hmm. uh, on U Street. Um, I can't remember the name of the spot. And I hadn't started, I DJ too.
0: Okay, okay. I
1: used to DJ, I don't really do it anymore, but I went there and I, you know how poets always have like these crazy names, yeah, like yeah. Sonic Thirteen, about that. Yeah. Uh, 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 Destiny Seven, right? and all this, all kind of stuff. And so there I was, were, I was uh, yeah, yeah. Like what? And I was there with my boy, and he and I said, "Man, I'm gonna do poetry." And he was like, "What you gonna name yourself, nigga, Coyote Gray?" And I was like,
0: "Yeah." yeah. Oh snap!
1: Never started reciting my poems, oh my but I did start DJing. And when I started DJing, I was like, I gotta come up with a name. And I was like, let me use this Coyote Gray name. Coyote Gray. And the Coyote Gray name came from my boy telling me that that was my that that's what my name was going to be. Yo, that's when very I that's the poetry. That's
0: very funny. So you never recited under Coyote Gray?
1: No, I've never I've never recited nothing out loud. Oh, God. I've got I've got I've got one poem that I that I hold on.
0: Let me hear it. Okay. Think about it. Let me hear it.
1: Okay, um. Why the fuck am I nervous? (laughs)
0: See, you're on the stage. Okay,
1: all right, all right, here we go. (sighs) Did you see that? (laughs) All right. I did. Pulsating from the lack of blood traveling through my mud, I refuse to accept this post Renaissance festival European concept of love. See, you would think that within our last blink, this connection the world keeps stressing we consider a blessing just came to be, not me. You see, the truth is, love ain't shit close to what we most boast to our host. But well, we confess that the altar is a trade to get laid and paid, and laid under the lie our fear causes us to buy. I just went gone. I can't remember.
0: That- Coyote Grey, why you stop? Why you stop? I, ne- you never I can't, can't remember.
1: See? I can't remember. I've, I've never... Oh man, I'm sorry. I can't remember what it is.
0: It happens for real in real life. That Like that happens... All I
1: time. haven't thought about that in...
0: Yo, that was dope. 15 years. That was dope. That was dope. You really, you really... You speak... The thing about poetry and poets, As much as I want to say I think with words, I don't. I think I think I think in landscapes. You know what I mean,
1: right? That's how I think.
0: In landscapes, you have to because you have to see the bigger picture. Yeah. And 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 a landscape is is the land, the lay of the land of the world. Like I think like that. And um, and your poetry that you just read, for me, it felt that way. It felt like pulsating. You know, obviously, I'm not going to remember it. But, you know, the words that you used, I could feel as you were saying it.
1: And, and I'm really just trying to say, this I, uh, this love shit
0: right.
2: is wild.
1: <laughs> and this there's yeah. something about how we've been conditioned to come together and the framework built around that, not what was necessarily intended, mm-hmm. but what it has ended up being mm-hmm. through... A European lens yeah. just doesn't feel right. And yeah. I I'm not buying it, but I couldn't just say like that
0: Right. That would have <laughs> been so whack. I would have I would have been forced to lie but like, oh that was
1: cool. Yeah. Like, like,
0: yeah, I'm glad. So so you you pivoted from poetry to like, yeah, that nah.
1: That but no, nah, thank you. Thank you for fun. that. I okay. so where were we going with the words? Oh, so we were talking about words
0: like words, like not thinking in words basically, like thinking yeah. in the picture um, and, and my my copious use of the word, probably copious juxtaposition. and juxtaposition at this point. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I annoy myself with that. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: It's hard, it's it, it's one of the things that um, I literally could in the beginning, this, That that's something that I wrote later, mm-hmm. but in the beginning, I could not write about anything other than pain.
0: Why do you think that? Though?
1: Love felt so far away. Mm. And I remember writing about how pain, how comfortable I was with it. Yeah. And the idea of love yeah. was scary as fuck. Yeah. And I had no relationship to it. It was like you trying to write a poem about your mom. I could not write about love. It did not exist. It's like I, I I did I had no relationship to it.
0: Now, was this now now the tables have turn. Was this how long ago was this? Like what, oh, like you, 19 Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the 1900s. 18 oh, That's the Okay, yeah. No, <laughs>
1: no, like, like like I'm 47. So yeah, yeah. like 96, 97. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you um and, and and all the way up even until i would say mid to late 20s mm-hmm. i just could not it, it was pain it was the, it was the only thing i could write about
0: but it's so funny because to me pain is really the absence of or or the or the after effect of a bad love and not this is as basic as that sound and not like love in a, in a romantic sense, but just if it's parental pain, it's the absence of that you know it's the absence of the love that you were supposed to receive from your father, so to speak. I don't know the whole story. For me, it's the absence of love I was supposed to receive from from, from my family members that are supposed to be on my side with this you know assault. So I'm writing from that lens of pain. but pain is really the to me it's the thin line that like is this this is pain, but this is love. I feel like this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like writing about pain is really writing about the love that you that you lost. Oh, great! Right?
1: Oh, great. I did not understand that at 19.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I understand that now. Yeah. That's why I lean into pain.
0: Yeah. This
1: is why I encourage other people too. Yes. Because I know that there's something good on the other side. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like um all roads lead to love.
2: Yeah, yeah. All. Yeah
1: that's the universal, that's God's promise. Yeah. He just gives us this thing called choice and then says, how do you want to get there? Yeah,
2: I love love,
1: You can get there being an asshole. Mm -hmm. You can get there being a piece of shit. Mm
2: -hmm. You
1: can get there being a sucker, a simp, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: a prostitute, Mm -hmm. but it all leads to love. You can go get there being scared, because once you wake up and recognize that that love yes. is just a part of that thread, yeah. as all of the other shit you see as negative, yeah. then you can see, oh, all I have to do is just- Go through that. Just, just, just go through it. Yeah. I mean, really going through, I've found to be more of a, just, going through for me is about just being becoming aware
0: yeah. It's yeah.
1: already there. Yeah, it's there.
0: It's, it's just you
1: towards. need to do something to remind you that it's there mm-hmm. in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's um and it's hard to go and listen to to go and do research on you and hear about your um your life and the things that you're working on and then not acknowledge that part of the story and how yeah. you've been able to turn it into, what, did you, what have you, I do I want to say turn it into, let me rephrase that. No,
2: that's fine. Yeah.
1: How you've been able to use it mm-hmm. to acknowledge and honor the fullness of who you are as a person, mm-hmm. as a woman, as a human. And then you take that, I feel, and then you're using that to help people through have a voice and through some of the mentorship stuff that you're doing, Mm -hmm. because, and when you go out and talk to them, that's that other side about the, like, yeah, 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 lean into that, lean into that pain shit. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no.
1: Talk about the have a voice. I know we kind of.
0: So it's, so the have a voice has been my baby since I was um, in the military. Like I, I was constantly. I had these little shirts. I used to make my uh, soldiers wear it, have a voice, and go to the uh, high schools. And I had all these mentorship programs, and it was like my life's work after the military. Like when the military day was over, I would go to the after-school programs, and you know, and I created these programs, and we did books for them. Um, have a voice has morphed some for me. I, I kind of have a pin in it um, because because another big topic that doesn't really need to be a topic is whatever one way or the other but because of uh, my recent divorce i haven't had enough time over the last few years to really devote to it right um so so have a voice is still there still very much present um but a lot of the work that i've done um i i focus on discussing it in larger non what I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Non-scheduled um, uh, mentorship programs, like okay. you know, where two or three people meet, then we have a conversation. You know, it's that kind of thing. If I find myself in a space and we're discussing it, then I'm talking about you know, give me the texture of how you feel. Those kind of things. So I feel feels kind of mobile. <laughs> you know what I mean right now? Um, but, I like it. Um, but yeah, it's a platform that that I I really still very much so intend to use to to help marginalized individuals find their voice and that's that's why words are so important to me because because everything that we're explaining or discussing they they feel this they probably think in, 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 in a landscape as well you know but yeah. they don't see themselves there because they don't hear themselves saying they can make it there yeah. and I think that's my biggest thing with with like yo use your voice tell, yeah. tell me how you feel you I, know? I get that yeah and then I'm, now let's create a picture surrounding that you know um, uh, yeah 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 so I have a voice is is, is my baby still and I, I still would love to have it um, to have it morph. To something bigger. Like I, I wanna take it out of the country. I wanna take it to Cape Town University. I was there a couple of years ago speaking about it. And I and I wanna make it a real viable thing. But right now I gotta I gotta tend to like what life has offered me right now and, and maneuver around that. Yeah. So
1: you've written two books?
0: Um have I written two Let me, books? there are two yes. books that are out. I've right. I've written Right. I've written two books. My third one is not out yet. So I've written two books that are out. Um, and then I'm a part of a, um, two anthologies and publishing different magazines and things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now you just mentioned that you're divorced.
0: I am normally the crowd claps. Yeah. But I'm divorced and it was not always clapping after. So yeah.
1: Okay. How you doing?
0: No one's asked me that in a minute. In that topic reference, I'm okay. I'm
1: okay. Okay.
0: I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You contributed to, I don't know what to call it. I looked to see what it was, but you contribute some, some words to five ways to be unstoppable after divorce.
0: Yeah. It's, a, um, it's the second anthology that I'm a part of. Um, and it's about 30 authors and we each took a chapter and we, you know, created the chapter and you know, a couple of pages and then three or two or three or three or four poems are in it. Yeah. In my chapter.
1: You got five ways. I, what, what's five the, ways. What's, 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 what's the five?
0: It was like, be fierce, be, no, no. I, um, I, I wrote <laughs> it down. I don't have a memorized. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm writing a bunch of stuff, but, um, but I think the biggest thing was, The biggest takeaway from those things were give yourself grace. Yeah. It was forgive yourself, forgive your mate. And I think I put in parentheses that's hard as shit. And and it's even harder to forgive yourself, right? Very hard. Um, And find yourself again. Give yourself grace. Because I was married 18 years. Separated at 17. Divorced at 18. And yourself after identifying as the other half of another person dynamic or not even dynamic a duo That that's hard you know like who, who am I who, who are you without this other person that you have identified yourself as being with for the last almost two decades
1: do you think that was a bad thing to do
0: to get divorced? No, no, no. To uh,
1: identify yourself in that way?
0: Absolutely. I I, I think no, let me let me let me roll that back. I think it's okay to do if you have yourself flushed out on your own, individually, if you know who you are. Like like where I am now, oh yes, I identify with the person I'm with now because I know who I am, because I've taken time to even in these two years prior to seeing anybody else, to see you know what I like, what I don't like, who am I, what am I capable of, you know, and I'm still learning who I, who I am, you know. But I identify it. is my man. And no, but go ahead.
1: Did uh, <laughs> did you learn anything that shocked you?
0: I think I did. Yeah, I did. I I learned that. I love attention from the person that I'm with. That sounds like something I should have already known, right? But the dynamics of, of past relationships, it just just wasn't that dynamic, right? Not to have to go into that, but it, it's just what it was, <laughs> right? It's just it's like... You know, it's, I also think the hustle and bustle of kids and, you know, those things, you you lose what you really like in a relationship. I'm, like, getting all excited now. Like, no, like, having somebody that can really communicate and give you the, the attention that you desire without feeling like you're needy is a big thing. And I personally think, like you said, all roads lead to love. I don't care what someone says. You want someone to love you, and you want to love someone. You want to love them in all the ways that you desire love. And I think as a from a black woman's perspective, it's very hard to admit that because I am every woman. I am independent. I'm all of that. But guess what? I want to be a soft marshmallow in this man's hand. And I want to be strong enough for him when I'm when he needs me. But if we're talking about my needs, I no take give me give me all of you. And I'm gonna give you all of me. And I think that's scary and that's vulnerable and it's it's like scary to have said that out loud, honestly, you know? You, you your
1: whole demeanor changed <laughs> now we talking about this brother. You can see her molars from no. the front.
2: <laughs> I'm embarrassed.
1: So, so this dude, so it looks like it sounds like you locked in.
0: I'm locked in. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, what's my line? Like it's it's to the grave, baby. Yeah, that's the way I feel.
1: Okay. Okay. Hey. hey. Yeah. So another marriage is <clears throat> you're open. I'll say.
0: I. Am I open to another marriage in my future? That was my first marriage. I. I don't hate love like I thought I did after my divorce. I don't think that I would, I'm going to say all these words in the same sense. I could just say yes. I don't think that I would not ever get get married. Um, it's no time soon, obviously. Um, that's not even a discussion. But I mean, if I, if I could landscape that life, I would not mind at some point. In the future, but it's definitely not the road that I'm like traveling. Like yes, you know, I think it's. I, I still think it's important to to cultivate other areas of myself and and, and make sure my kids are fine. And, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. And like while I'm showing molars of my giddiness here, like I love it, I enjoy it. Um, I don't think I'm gonna put um, put a put a stamp of like yes. Yes, James, you're gonna be at my wedding in 2026. You
1: know, I don't the sad part is that that's what you heard me say. That ain't even what I said. I know, I, I know that's I, what I, you said. I, I just, I, I, I just, I love the fact that. Let me take a step back. There's so much division between men and women, and I don't. I wouldn't call it an attack. On marriage, I wouldn't say I feel like that, but I at least feel like that there's that there's this I can do it by myself kind of vibe coming from both men and women. Oh, yeah. And I love the fact that you are at least in a position to be open in that way. Even if you started two years ago saying, I ain't doing this shit no more. <laughs> yeah, I like mean, five. every I mean I got I was married before
2: uh-huh.
1: this marriage, uh-huh. and I remember when and I you know, went through my divorce. I was like, I ain't never doing this shit again.
0: Not never ever. Now yeah. I'm,
1: now I'm here. You know, time changes things. You know, yeah. pers- perspective shifts. But yeah. I'm glad to hear you, especially at this point. Yeah. You know, in in our lives, I like the idea of just having a witness.
0: Yeah, to the love, right? To my, to my, to, the- to
1: my growth. You know, when we sit down in bed, like there 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 are ways in which I show up in my in my relationship
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I don't show up anywhere else.
0: And it should be that
1: way. That, I mean, but, but the the weaknesses, yep. the insecurities, yep. all of the things that I need to work on show up here.
0: And it should. It so should.
1: And she which means that this is my greatest opportunity here so that's what i that's one of the things that i enjoy or entices me about a relationship and marriage is that Mm -hmm. i get to see the growth in a way that i couldn't see without it
0: damn let me tell you how um i was at this i was at the latin affairs thing and the the, uh, the speaker used the word serendipitous, and it was funny because serendipity was in the poem that I was doing. I think this this day, I could I wouldn't say it's serendipitous because that's not what it means, but I think me hearing you say that puts me back in the space of a conversation I had with my my man. I, I, it puts me back in that space because it's true. You get to see, and they get to see their growth, and you get to see their growth. Yeah. You also get to see your growth. Yeah. You get to see where you were fucking up, mm-hmm. right? But you also get to not be um, challenged in a negative way. Yeah. You get the positive challenges. You know, you get you get to see um, how you show up to the world based on conversations with your spouse. That's the kind of relationship. That should should be happening, yeah. and, and you know, and I don't know what these people out here in these podcasts and all these other worlds are talking about in terms of like this this, you know, the gender wars, which is so so baffling to me because we need each other, you know, men need women, women need men, and 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 Thanks. people need people, you know, if, if we're gonna blanket that, but for me, I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a woman in a relationship with a male, so. I need my man. You know, I need him to tell me. Go
1: ahead. He, he's born a man, right?
0: Yeah, he's born a man. I, I
1: mean, cause now, I mean, you. I heard. Okay, I just want to make sure.
0: No, I, I was I was doing that for the for the sake of. Um, Inclusion. Purposes. I was being an asshole. I know he's, yeah, I know, I know you you he's a nigga. And I was I trying to <laughs> say, I'm like, I was doing it for the sake of inclusion, not on personal beliefs or anything, but yes, my man was born a man. He's a man. Uh, but, but, um, this is, this is, I don't know if, it's, I'm going to just say it. If I, so I have this poem um, that was written during, during my single time. Like, the last two years, I, like, him and I just started dating this year, right? So that, that time between separation and meeting him. I have I have some, some poems. I, one is, this one is the raciest I've ever written in my life, right? Mm. Saying what I want somebody to do to me and all this stuff. Okay. And um, I still performed it. The last time I performed it was at my last feature um, last month. And so I started thinking about, do I... Should I still be performing this poem? You know what I mean. I started thinking about it, and then I asked him, and he said, "Perform what you feel comfortable with. Perform what you feel comfortable with." Like he—he's never—he's never gonna say, "No, you should." You know, it's just like, "Hey, perform what you're comfortable with." Okay. And I started thinking, like, I'm not comfortable doing that because you know what? I wouldn't want him performing some shit. I want. You to do this to me and this to me and that to me, because that was written during a time that I didn't have it and I was wishing for it. Now, is it still in my archives? Will it be? Is it included in the manuscript of my next book? Uh, yeah, it is, because that—that's what that book is about. You know, it's—it's it's, um. I changed the title. It's it's pain and prosecco now. Uh, so that's the book, right? But speaking in terms of growth, for me, I felt like that was a growth milestone moment because the conversation I just gated over it. It was an in-depth conversation I had with him. you know, And we were going back and forth, having this conversation, and um, and it was meaningful, and it made me see myself in a light of how I would want my spouse to show up for me, yeah. or my significant other to show up for me. So I want to show up that way. Because why do I need to be saying, I want somebody to do all this stuff to me, when I have somebody who can, who can do all this stuff to me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's important to to bear your soul with that one person.
1: Well, shout out to the brother. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, shout out to the brother. Yeah, yeah, thank um, you. Eggshells and soft black hands. Yes. That's a very interesting title. Yeah. That's your first book.
0: It's my very first book.
1: Came out a couple years ago.
0: Yep, 2021. August 2021.
1: August 2021. Mm-hmm. How did you
0: get the title? Um, I was walking around the title basin with um, one of my professors from grad school. And we had just went over, you know, talking about the manuscript. And he's like, what's the title going to be? I was like, I'm thinking eggshells and soft black hands. He stopped and was like, what? A white guy, older white guy. He said, Miko. That is fucking amazing. And I said, oh, well, Professor, I uh, can't remember his name. Bob. No, uh, Professor <laughs> Bob. Oh, Billy. Um, I was like, well, he's like, yeah, like you don't know what category he's in. You don't know if it's, obviously he was a psych, for, you don't know if it's psychology, you don't know. You don't know what it is. And and it will." People will gravitate to it because we all feel like we're walking on eggshells at some point, but to have them in your hands and they're soft and black, like he's, he's all literal. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went home and thought about it. So how the title came to me is because I started thinking about my grandmother, right? She, My grandmother, uh, in the back of the book, I have my first chapter of my memoir and I, I um, I describe her as onyx. She's she's onyx, right? Oh wow. Like her skin is as dark as as black onyx.
1: Mom, mom, or
0: dad's My mom? My dad's mom. Okay. Um, just just and it really isn't, but I think growing up, I that's that's how I visualized it, right? But she's dark skinned and beautiful, beautiful. Um but the inside of her hands were just soft. Right. Mm. So it was just like, shh. I felt like I was eggshells. I felt like my cousins that she also raised alongside me were eggshells. She took us all in. And we were the eggshells in her soft black hands. Um mm. yeah. And so That's beautiful. Is it?
1: Fuck yeah. Shit. Thank you. I... That...
0: <laughs> yeah. That's... I'm a, totally I'm a cry
1: baby. That. I'm like, I'm gonna say i crying cry now, because ain't shit you said that make me want to cry. Good. But I I, I, I almost... <laughs> my eye almost started... You
2: had a little onion Yeah, that effect. was...
1: Because, right. you, you know, it, your granny, man.
0: Man.
1: My mother. Substance abuse.
0: Mm. They
1: with well, my grandma. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, your grandmothers, man, my grand gr- grannies are
0: saviors,
1: saviors. And my grandmother was hard.
0: Yeah. My grandma was hard too, but not the inside. She was hard.
1: I but was she had to be, you know, and, um, I don't have any kids. I got a, I got a, I got a godson. He's like my son. Mm. Love him at death. Twenty-two years old. He'll be twenty-three in December. Mm. Um, how do we keep that? How do we hold space for the kids?
0: It's hard. It's hard. It's harder now when the grandmothers are our age. You know, Uh, it's like, who's taking, who's taking these eggshells now? And so I think that's the, the problem we're having in society is that when parents who are parents younger are fucking up or on drugs and doing whatever, they don't, there's no grandparents to send the kids to. Yeah. Because the grandparents are... 20. Yeah. (laughs) It's grandparents 18 and shit. No, the grandparents are young as hell, and uh-huh. they are outside. Outside. Yeah. They're not, and so the kids are raising themselves, and the space that's normally held for them, um, is, is it barely exists. And I think that's why it's important to have these mentor, mentoring, yeah. uh, sessions and places and things for them to go. But. I don't know how to. Hold. I'm. I'm struggling holding space for mine. I want to be outside doing stuff, but no, I love my kids. But it, it's hard. It's hard. I don't know. I, I, I. wish. I wish that things were different for um, this generation.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think. Um, all roads lead to love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Leading from love is very important.
1: We were talking about that before.
0: Yeah, we were. And it it's very clear to me now. But you know it's so hard to leave from love. Because it leaves you it makes you vulnerable out the gate. And I think that's why most of us are going to love instead of leading from love. For me anyway.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to going to it as opposed to.
0: It's hard to leave from love.
1: When you're full of
0: pain and trauma,
1: how did you do it with your relationship with old boy? Which one? Which one? The one you with now?
0: No, I meant I thought you meant the ex one. No, 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 I'm no, like, no. We're going talk about like so
1: like you lead um
0: like how how am I so open to love now?
1: Yeah, like did you were well obviously you were you fearful in the beginning?
0: Yeah. Are I you was. still fearful? Yeah. I am very fearful, very fearful. But, but I am happy. I think, I think it's important to find someone that allows you the space to unpack the bullshit that, that's occurred in your life. Mm. And that, for me, is how, if I could say, he led with love. Because he allowed the space, he provided the space for me to be emotional, you know. Like, I'm crying, like, dog, you okay with me crying over my divorce at your kitchen table? You a keeper, okay? Okay, let's go, let's go. I think, um, and I think that gave me the, the... the ability to to allow love in my life again. Like because it's like you have to be friends first.
1: Yeah. I think for some dudes, at least for 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 me, um you know, I try to have this strong, like do do doo do do and then a woman would be like, Motherfucker, I can see you. <laughs> right, right. right and it's like, right. like, what are you doing? Not to try to say, yo, I'm not, I'm not deliberately doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just a pattern, a behavior pattern mm-hmm. that I have exhibited my entire life. Mm-hmm. And even if a woman was creating a space of safety for me, mm-hmm. my fear wouldn't allow me to see it. So. Mm-hmm. It would be like shit, or if it even was there, oh, this shit ain't gonna work out. It's, you know, it's not gonna last. You know, because I, I had because I had all of these, do 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 do. Yeah. So I would have to put up this, this front, mm-hmm. and even and there was so much. I got a really strong sense of like a oak mm-hmm. tree when you mm-hmm. described, oh boy, mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And, and being there in that way mm-hmm. and it's not i don't even know if it's necessarily what i'm starting to learn i'm trying to figure out how to process what i'm saying
0: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm right with you like i,
1: I i'm feeling this I'm, I'm i'm starting to learn once once i know who i am mm-hmm. then it it, it it plants me in a way that allows me to be What I am Mm. so I can absorb these things that come Mm. doesn't mean I'm not fearful so like if a hurricane comes I'm like oh shit hurricanes Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. I'm aware of what's around it but I know that I'm rooted Mm. in what the situation is because I know who I am before I didn't have that Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of insecurity Mm-hmm. Um. And the love of my wife mm-hmm. has helped me with that.
0: Like you can withstand the impact of anything.
1: Yeah, cause she she gave me, she gave me the space to define it, or, or to come into it on my own. Mm. Like it was it's it, it's so crazy how much I talk to my homeboys about what they think they are
2: mm-hmm.
1: versus what they really are right right and the only way you know is you got to get into a joint you got to you got to get into a joint yeah cuz Cause cuz cause that that joint is going to expose all your shit yeah and if you want to leave then more than likely the reason why you want to leave is because it's, it's you. you it ain't her it's you and you need to get that shit addressed but you. if you're in growth mode or yep. if you're in seeking awareness or expansion mode, Mm -hmm. then the only way you can really do that is in a relationship, I feel, when you are vulnerable. It's like that pain. Uh, There's a lot to learn in vulnerability, too.
0: Yeah, there is. Vulnerability is a woo, woo. Lord have mercy. I think I've been vulnerable the last three years. But it's something you said that, that it's like for a poet, if you are and and he said this to me actually, Miko, who are you workshopping your poems with? <laughs> I was like me. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, so you in the mirror like, yeah, 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 Ethereum, yeah. Oh, that shit is fire. That shit is fire. fire. I was like, yeah. He's like, nah, babe, nah, you cannot do that. Like you got to workshop your shit. I'm like, I know. You're right. You're right. But those that's my stuff. It's my words. It's, I'm vulnerable about. It. I don't want anybody to hear it. But it's like you have to do it. It's the same thing about. If you want to grow and be better, uh, whatever you define as better, you gotta get in a joint, like you said. Like you gotta get in some, you know, get in something. So the other person, so you have another set of lens looking at you, and 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 it's whatever they're telling you is coming from love, and then you can receive it, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're not open to receiving that, you don't need to be in a joint. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Case in point. Case in point.
1: I am... Um... Wanted to thank you. Thank you. You are all over the fucking place, man.
0: Well, I do have ADHD. No, let me stop. I know what you said.
1: <laughs> you go on her, you go on her Instagram joint. She's doing something all the time. She the only person, by the way, I gotta, I got I gotta give you props for this. Okay. You the only person I follow. Who has skates?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you need to get some skates, you and your wife. Think. I so
1: I broke my leg a while back, so oh. I can't fuck with it. But oh. I used to love skating. Yeah. And shout out to you for, for keeping that shit going. But where can people find you, follow you, uh, connect with what you're doing? Your book is on Amazon. Yes. Both of them. Go yes. cop them yes. joints.
0: Please do. Please do. Um,
1: where can people go listen to your, you know, your your open mics? Like what 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 you got going on?
0: So listen, check me out. I am at um, Miko Reed Poetry, M I K O R E E D Poetry on Instagram. You will find everything on my LinkedIn there. Link tree. Don't go on my LinkedIn because it's just boring corporate shit. Okay, but um yeah, and 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 I host the open mic. I was hosting three. I was hosting three. Okay. Um, a month, and that became a bit much for me to keep up, you know, with the other stuff I'm doing. But yeah, D-City Smokehouse is my main joint now. Um, they have one in Southeast D.C. Uh, Florida, of Florida Avenue. Yeah, so I host that every second Fridays. This Friday is gonna be dope. It's their ten year anniversary.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: like they have been here for ten years, so you know. Ah man, it's it's gonna be crazy. Me I and have, my
1: wife might slide through. Yeah, I should. Yeah. I mean?
0: it's, it's it's we have you know, we got a lot of treats coming up. Okay. So that that's that's my every month, um, every month event. And um, yeah, you can find me there this Saturday. Well, actually, let me come back. I, I do host a um a podcast. Uh I don't even want to call it a podcast to be honest. It's more like an IG live that I do. Every, is that the one with your homegirl? Yeah.
1: Okay. My who girl, who Nikki, is she?
0: She's my best friend. Yeah. She's my best friend. Yeah. Nikki Cole Williams. Um, she's also retired. Retired Army. Um, master fitness trainer. She's they dope. got good energy. Yeah, that's 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 my girl. But she we host that every other Thursday. The next one is this Thursday. So it's like a lot of shit happening. It's this Thursday, there's that. Then this Friday, there's D City.
1: Well, hold on for a second. This ain't coming out till like the 29th.
0: Okay, let me let me let me let me do better. Uh, So every second (laughs) Thursday, every second Thursday, you can find me on my IG live. (laughs) You can read poetry. Um, And every second Fridays, I will be at uh, D City Smokehouse. Um, And I am fortunate enough to be the commission poet for the. American Cancer Society, oh, yeah, breast cancer survivor. The big walk—it's probably going to shut down the city this Saturday. Um, oh. Yeah, so so playing your shit accordingly. But you'll hear my voice, and it is TV and radio and stuff. I'm excited. I'm still crafting the piece that I'm going to say. Hopefully, I'm I'm done by Wednesday. And yeah, and that's that's in honor of um, breast cancer awareness month. So.
1: And if you want to be inspired if you want to be moved, if you want to see someone living their life and having fun and leaning into just being happy and fun, like your, your, your stuff just feels like you're in the moment. Yeah. And it inspires me to be a little bit more um, like that, I guess. Yeah. Like know. spontaneous. Like I'm this. a man. I'm not gonna frolic. But <laughs>
0: man, you're supposed to frolic. That's no, I'm not, the thing. not, I'm not, doing that. Men is supposed to frolic now. You no. seen
1: that thing, black boy joy frolicking no, no, and shit. This is black boy joy right here. <laughs> this is, this, is, this <laughs> is black boy joy.
0: This
1: is the best. I I am not frolicking, but I do. <laughs> I'm very self-conscious about my teeth and my smile. And it has been. If you knew inside, right, uh-huh. what I have had to go through to get to this point, to smile the way that I do, yeah. I'd love just smiling now you without 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 fear. And so
2: it feels good to see. It's like think, but but great that energy. but so that's my
1: frolicking. This is a this is a black boy a black man frolicking, smiling.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: everybody got they. I'll take it. Okay. Like so, it. I want to close. Yes. With a joint. Okay. Do you know the "Who Am I" by heart? Who am I? Yeah.
0: Well, that's a poem. Of, of yeah. Heart? The oh no, I I don't. I just I just actually wrote that. I just actually performed it today at at a. so
1: I am gonna recite that.
0: Yeah, well then let me hear how my words sound in this atmosphere.
1: Who am I? Caramel thickness, rich with layers of brown agave. Indigenous, my story is. Nempeo's legacy, fusing red clay with love. Serendipitous, my story is locks of pain. Breaking free from resistance. Authentic. It's written on skyscrapers hidden below sea level. Unfinished. It's passed down through slaves and their masters. Aboriginal. But mostly slaves that descended from masters. My story, they've mastered. It's somewhere between finishing and starting. It's an anomaly. You see, my story is beautiful and ugly. It's dichotomous. It's strong and confusing, like cancer and remission. It's my mama's tears. It's my daughter's eyes. My story is pedagogical. Pedagogical. It's my son's fears. It's still being written. It's a juxtaposition. <laughs> here we go. Where I have planted, but it is here. My story is here where I am blooming. Thank you for blooming.